have a jam-packed show for you today. On Chapter 59 of our podcast, we will delve into the topic of tourism in France. Some of the most visited sites might surprise you. And we say goodbye to a Canadian icon. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. I have to say I am thrilled because... Deer hunting season is officially over. Fini. Terminé. <laughs> that, you know, we see the deer out in the valley almost every day. On Sunday, we were at some friend's house and the, the kids saw 11, well, they said 11. They said 11. I think there were about <laughs> six or seven out there. But still, still, that's a lot yeah. of deer, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be nice not to hear the blamming. Oh, the blamming's the least of it. <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's the horns and the yelling and, and the dogs and yipping the and yapping, trumpets and bugles, <laughs> and it's just unbelievable the baggage these guys bring to the area. Very different from uh, Canadian deer hunting, I gotta say. But anyway, uh, apparently the sangliers can be hunted all year, but that that's you know that's few and far between in in this area and. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's funny. You got to, into the habit of wearing like uh, a highway worker uh, vest. Yeah, like neon green so that, you know, the, the hunters don't confuse me for a deer. Not that I'm that big, but, um, you know, if they see movement in the in the forest, maybe. Yeah. They, so now I'm, I'm wearing the bright green all the time on our walks. It's uh, stupid. But anyway, it's over. And, and now we're good until we're September. September. Yeah, that's right. For deer. And uh, and probably birds. I don't know. But let's just you know, we're, let's just get off our road. <laughs> just get off our road. How about that? Uh, yeah. And then we also have uh, before we get to uh, the meat of our podcast today, we also have uh, a couple of carte de séjour updates. Oh, yeah. So you, my friend, <laughs> received a document. Mm-hmm. Uh, dated uh, February 22nd, uh, yeah. uh, saying that your titre de séjour est disponible, so hey. it's available. Language. Uh, at the uh, window of the prefecture in yeah. Lot-et-Garonne. Right. See, so I'm good. I'm booked for another year. I'm good. I have my uh, residency status as a visitor for another year. Excellent. And I checked uh, just a few minutes ago, and I'm still pending and I only have an attestation that goes until the beginning of April. So I might not be legally oh. allowed to stay in the country nice, uh, unless they get something going in the next month. That, that'd be unfortunate. That would be, yeah, that would uh. be bad for you. Now, what, what, what do I have? I have to take a bunch of crap, don't I? Yeah, so it says they're inviting you to present yourself alone. <laughs> what? Why does it say that? I'm not sure. And it's underlined yeah. and in bold. Yeah. Seulement. No. So it, you, they say alone, but the part that, it, that, that is underlined and uniquement is they give you a specific date, and that's the only date you can go to pick up your titre de séjour. Now, do we have to respond to that? No. Okay. No. Nowhere does it say you have to respond Isn't to that. Isn't that something else? You just have to shut down your whole entire life. Like if you had a funeral to go to. Oh, sorry. Well, you have to go, and specifically between... 3 and 3.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get there at 4, sorry. Sorry, you're out of the country. Yeah. 
You also have to bring with you uh-huh. um, this particular piece of paper, yeah. which is your convocation. Right. You need to bring your present, current titre de séjour. Language. You also need to bring the recipici. I love that word. Um, that uh, what? what? Well, that's the the document they gave you in agent saying that you are you are approved. What's the word again? Recipici. Language. Yeah. Uh, you need to bring your own personal um, black pen. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have to bring your own pen. And you also have to bring proof um, that you paid the 225 euros oh, yeah, I gotta that it costs. I've done that. In order to receive your titre de séjour. Language. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I've done that. Uh, and I have a, and it's funny, the receipt that you pull down online doesn't have any f- figures on it, doesn't even have your name on it, but there is a barcode and I'm sure it's all smothered in there somewhere. Sure. But uh, yeah, I guess I will take all that with and uh, go by myself. You know, it's almost like, it's, it sounds clandestine. You must come alone. Yeah, I don't like what, understand what that's all about. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't really know what that means. Maybe because you're going to a window, they don't want like a whole family coming to the window. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, you're you're good to go. Uh, I'm pending. Yeah, and then and then as of as of the what is it? Uh, April second. You're out of the country. That's it. Ship you home. That's it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a good ride. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure things will resolve themselves. It's it's just I find it very strange. On a lighter note, we went to a very interesting place a couple of weeks ago. Really cool place that we'd never um, been to before. And it's called the gas station. That's it. In English, it's called the gas station. It obviously at one point in time was a gas station. Obviously, there are pumps. and Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but he's got it all retro and, and retro American. It's well, I think just, it's a couple that own yeah. the place. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And and it's really cool because it's in, in uh, just at the edge of a very small rural community called Saint-Antoine-de-Ficalba. But they don't, they don't call, on the signs, it's such a long, um, it's such a long name, Saint-Antoine-de-Ficalba, that it just says Saint-Antoine-de-F. <laughs> On all the signs. Yeah, I know. I know. You know? It's like they gave up. Not, yeah, not enough real estate on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there was a function. There was a birthday party that was held at the at the gas station. And it was really cool. They catered it. And on one side, they have what they call it in brocante. So it's, you know, uh, antiques and, and, you know, unique items. And, and on the other side, it's clothing, very American style clothing. And um, the the uh, birthday boy actually is a huge fan of Westerns and, and the Western style. And he dresses in a Western style. Apparently, you know, he, he loves everything that has to do with, you know, the old American West. Yes. Spaghetti Westerns, Clint Eastwood, all that stuff. They have horses, the whole, the whole nine. And uh, this place was a, per- a perfect fitting for uh, setting for for him and his birthday, a milestone birthday, I might add. But yeah, they have a little restaurant in the middle. It's no longer a gas station, but they have some classic cars out front, which is really cool. And then on the inside, uh, as you mentioned, in the antique side, it's 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 all American, you know, like old Texaco signs and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, from from the fifties mm-hmm. and old boxes and and yeah. 
really, really kind of, uh, it felt a little bit like home. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah, it really <laughs> did. Home, yeah. That was very cool. So uh, we'll definitely include some photos on the Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France. You're going to get a lot of photos on this episode because uh, we're, uh, we, uh, we're going to be talking about tourism here in a, in a second, and um, just some of the sites here are just just. I mean, it, it, it you you almost have to stand back and go how, how like that's what I always do. I, I I look at these things and I go, how did they do this? Yeah, it's so many years ago. I mean, yeah. there's so much history, and, and it's you know medieval. Yeah, Midi- How did they figure this out? No power tools. I mean, it's just, you know no Makita. You know, no DeWalt. <laughs> um, uh, just before we get there, though, we have a tiny update from our closest chateau, just back in the woods behind us, uh, Chateau de Noyac. That's right. Well, it didn't seem like there was a lot going on during the winter, but they completed what we think is going to be a guest house. Oh, my goodness. And so they've they've reinforced the walls. And they've the put on a floor. New, new floor, new roof. They've got all the plumbing uh, roughed in. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that it's going to be quite a spectacular place. Well, uh, I will show you uh, on the Facebook page the, the, the roofing. I mean, I know you're going to go, oh, boy, thanks, Jeff. That, that'll be fantastic. But honestly, the framing that the French use for roofs here... It's just I can't stop staring at it. It's so beautiful. It's it is just gorgeous, the, yeah. the the carpentry work here in this country is just so stunning. I just I just sit and stare at it. And what they've done with this with this roof to save this building essentially. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and to try and 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 uh, marry the old structural aspect of this building to new standards it's i'm telling you they just took the ball and ran with it um and then we understand there you know we've talked about this this olympic pool that's going to go into this place but we we'll just include a couple of shots of the inside of what they've done to this room yeah because it was nothing it was a ruin yeah. And now it's looking like a place that can be lived in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, eventually. And on our way there, we discovered this this fella, older guy, and he is cleaning up the forest. And I don't know <laughs> if he's under contract, if he's doing it for fun. I don't know. But it was right alongside our path that we walk <laughs> yeah. all the time. And yeah. these paths are marked. So it's understandable how he might be a contracted employee to clean up the area because these are mapped paths yeah but but i mean if his mandate is to clean up the forest he's never gonna finish he's never gonna finish but the area that he has already cleaned up is fairly vast i mean he's got stacks of wood Mm -hmm. i mean just this guy is and we saw him in there the other day working he's got his little four by four there and having a great time he also has planted trees Mm mm-hmm he, he, there are some you know, little saplings right. that he's planted. So I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. No. And and so uh, yeah. Again, we have lots of photos of that, and it is nice to see uh, them. You know, put that if if he is under contract. If he isn't, well, kudos to him for just going out there and and uh, and and cleaning up the area. Yeah. You know? And maybe it's just fun. Yeah. Maybe it is. Being and out may- in nature, a little exercise. Maybe he's got permission to use. If he cleans it up, he gets to use that for firewood. I don't know. There's a ton of wood that he's got stacked there, though. Yeah. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun to see his progress. You know, when we take our walks in the forest. Yeah. Absolutely. So France had a banner 2022 in terms of tourism and you, tourism dollars. You can expect that after after COVID. People, yeah. people have gone out of their minds to travel. Absolutely. You know, both in 2018 and 2019, 
France was the most visited tourist destination in, in, in the world. Is that, is that a fact? It's a fact. It's a fact. In 2022, Belgians were at the top of the list in terms of spending um, in, in France, then Germans and then the British and then the American tourists. I see. Um, but it's, it's billions of dollars that are spent in France every year. It's 8% of their gross national product. That's huge. I find that interesting that Belgium is number one. Now, half of Belgium speaks French. So yeah. that's maybe one of the reasons, but... Well, I think there's a big trend to not take uh, long-haul flights, to, mm. you know, to conserve, uh, you know, the environment. So people are traveling by train, and the French train system is spectacular. Second to none. Yeah, and on Friday, actually, they announced that they were spending $100 billion on more trains, mm. uh, including night trains. So I think they're really trying to get people to travel that way as opposed to taking flights. Um, which is not as as planet friendly, um, but yeah, um, uh, American tourism was up like hugely in 2022. The only category that was down from former years pre pandemic was uh, Chinese and Japanese tourists. Oh, really? They I... didn't travel to France as much as they did prior to the well, pandemic. But that bears out what you just said about long haul flights, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but also I think China had has had many restrictions and they're only just now being lifted. So travel wasn't as easy as coming from, you know, North America, for example. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. There's a lot of reasons uh, to come to France. There's so many things to see, like in Paris alone. Yeah, well, uh, the interesting thing about tourism in France, uh, it's to me, it's a real dichotomy because you would think that it would be based on the history, okay, and historic uh, monuments, uh, historical areas, you would think those would be the most visited areas in France, but it's not necessarily the case. And really? You know, and you talk about Paris, and of course, yes, there are all of the, you know... The, it's the, romantic. The go-tos, the standbys, you know, Notre Dame, I guess that's now back up and... It's, it's still in... Pro- in, in progress in right. terms of the reparations. But, but I think you can still... I think you can go now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, there's the Eiffel Tower. Of course. Of course the Champs-Élysées, the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, the Louvre. Yeah. Uh, Place de la Concorde. Yeah, the Louvre. That's interesting because the Louvre and there are a few museums, obviously uh, Dorsay as well and uh, Musée de Cluny. Oui. Okay, those are, those are obviously included in the most visited list. And one of the things they do recommend, if you're planning a trip to Paris or France, is if you're going to see any of what I just mentioned, you almost need a half day for each of them. Whether mm. it's the Eiffel Tower, yep. the Champs-Élysées, the Louvre, or well, the Louvre. You, you, oh, you, you could pitch a tent in there. Yeah, that's a three-dayer, uh, I think. Well, no, you, 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 you know, no, you'd, you'd open your veins. Uh, you, it's just, <laughs> just because you're, no. not, you're oh. not a fan, fan of some of the Renaissance art, that's oh, why. Oh, it's just so black and dark and depressing <laughs> and, you know, naked children and arrows <laughs> And Rubenesque women. Yeah, and make, yeah, it's just, and, uh, it's not for me, but, you know, and, and here's the other thing. You go in there and you kind of do a Chevy chase and you go, I, I get it. Okay. I get it. And then, then, then go there first and then go to Orsay where you, you will actually walk out with a smile on your face. Uh, That's your opinion. That's a very personal opinion. Oh, come on. No, seriously. There's no comparison. Well, in art, I, I think it's a, I know it's, you it's can't subjective. really discuss. It's very subjective. It's 
it's it's according to your tastes and to your likes and no, so, but I'm just saying, you know, you <laughs> you compare com- compare some battle scene with a bunch of people with their heads cut off and arrows through their eyes to <laughs> to, <laughs> to seriously flowers, well, flowers and yes, rivers and, and rainbows. Art. Well, come on, it's not <laughs> both even, have their merit. Not even close. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, is Versailles on your list? Yeah, so Versailles is also on the list, and and you know Versailles is uh, it, it is just well we've been there it's and, beautiful and it is so versailles is something that um was created back with uh, louis the 14th so this is you know what 1600s um and it was commissioned by that that king and you know it included gardens it, it it's it's a massive massive area at one point there were almost 2200 people uh, employed there, not living there, wow. but they were living there as well, but employed really? yeah. on the construction. Wow. Wow. And the whole thing took over 50 years. It's really something to see. And then, of course, the revolution. And, uh, they, they, you know, they were going to rip it down. They were going to rip the whole thing down. And then King Louis Philippe donated his own money to say, no, 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 no. No, we're not, we're not, we're not wrecking this place. We're not demolishing Versailles. Yeah. And he used his own money to create the museum that now exists. Wow. Well, I have to say that in general, the French like to preserve their buildings and their monuments and their landscape. You know, that's that's part of the heritage, and I think they're very proud of that. But the most visited sites in France are not of a historic nature. Really? No. Uh, the most visited sites, and you can kind of understand it, because if families come from the United States or from other parts of Europe to Paris, chances are they have Cheering, mm-hmm. little kids. So and... let me guess. <laughs> let me guess. Could it be Disneyland France? Yes, that is definitely wow. one of them. Wow. Um, there's another one called Park Asterix. I used to read Asterix when I was a kid back in Quebec. Very popular. Are you serious? Oh yeah, yeah. Les Gaulois. It, it was. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, uh, there was a. Uh, uh, lots of comic books and lots of books that were released. And it was really popular in Quebec as well. Okay, that's interesting because that's what this whole thing is about. These cartoons, yeah. Asterix de Gaulle. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he lived in a place called Amorica. Mm-hmm. Armorica. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the big guy was Obelix. Yeah. 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 yeah Obelix. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Getaflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it Jetaflix? I don't know. Or is it Netflix? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, the, this park is uh, it's it's about uh, 20 miles, 30 clicks north of Paris, uh, north of uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's got all of the stuff that uh, a place like that would have. Um, you know, it's got a roll. Well, now it's got the largest wooden roller coaster. No, thanks. Wow. You know, I have a, a little a little tangential thing here. The last roller coaster I was on, yes. believe it or don't, and I used to love the roller coasters. I was yeah. with my buddy Danny. Um, we went. We were working together in Winnipeg, and we went to Edmonton, which is Danny's hometown, uh, to see a. It was a radio promotion where we took a listeners, I think, to see a Willie DeWitt boxing match. It was so Ooh. weird, <laughs> and we went to West Edmonton Mall, and yeah. they had this amazing twister and I said let's go and he goes I'm not going on that thing and uh, I said well I I love them so I went on it 
And, uh, you know, the, my buddies, I came back. They said, how was that? And I said, oh, it was wacky. It was just unbelievable. So we go to the fight and we come back to our rooms and Danny phones uh, my room. And he said, turn the news on. And we no. turn we turn the news <gasps> on. And hours after I was on that roller coaster was when the thing broke and those people died. Did it shut down the roller coaster oh, forever? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure forever, but certainly for uh, there was a large investigation. Yeah, it came off the rail and. Oh, I, yeah, I've never been a big fan. I'm afraid of heights, so yeah, <laughs> it's a that's not a, a fun thing for me. At yeah, all. so you would not want to go to the uh, largest wooden roller coaster no, in Europe. I'll give that a pass. <laughs> yeah, they have a Trojan horse there. Uh, they have all kinds of stuff. So that is one of the most visited. Uh, sites or attractions, I guess you could say, in uh, France, Park Asterix. I didn't know that you were, you knew all oh, about yeah. that. Of course, of course. And, and as you mentioned, yes, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris. And, you know, I thought that Disneyland Paris would have sort of a French theme, or at least, and, and maybe there are, I don't know, maybe there is some But it's element. Disney. It's I about know. Disney. Disney it's is... It's exactly, it's all of the same things. Yeah. It's... You know, Space Mountain, uh, the teacups, you know, the small world, my favorite, Pirates of the Caribbean, of course, <laughs> the Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. It's all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And but would, would you would you say that it's not necessarily for the French? It's much more for the foreign yeah, tourists? I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's it's got all the same things, I guess, as the Disney worlds and Disneylands in, in Florida and California, including, you know, the hotel, souvenirs, all that stuff. Uh, so the accommodation apparently is even more expensive than other French hotels. But I guess you get it's part of the experience. Sure. But you can also go off-site and you can uh, go to, uh, you know, hotels that are surrounding uh, right. the area. But, yeah, they have restaurants and all that stuff. And Well, it's an, it's an attraction. And, you know, for, for people who are wanting to spend time with Disney and Disney creations, it's a place to go. Now, some of the, the uh, sites that sort of were runners-up to those as being the most visited, uh, Le, Le Puy de Fou. It's a theme park as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the Museum of the Army. Um, oh, Mont Saint-Michel in Normandy. Mm-hmm. i got to include a photo of this. I'm telling you, I've never seen... It's on the island there, the Mont Saint-Michel. One of the most visited, most photographed, most easily recognized landmarks in France. And uh, this is up in the Normandy region, so I'll include a uh, photo of that on the Facebook page. And um, is that know, where they have a massive monastery? I, I think so. Uh, one of the things I read, though, about it is it was a little disappointing in terms of the rest of the island because it is made up, it's medieval, obviously. Uh, but one of the things they said uh, in, in the article that I read, it was a tinge of a disappointment. Hmm. I was expecting a medieval town, perhaps like. Carcassonne. <laughs> no, Carcassonne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the monastery, the abbey takes up uh, most of the island. For sure. Well, that, you know, that covers, you know, Paris and surrounding areas, but there are other reasons that people come to France. I oh, mean, yes. you get so much, so many different landscapes. You've got a variety of sun, mm-hmm. sea, mountains. You can have snow. You can have ocean. It's a strategic location. A lot of people travel through France to get to Italy or to Spain. Um, you can escape to the country. Countryside, which is massive in France. Yeah, eighty percent of the country is is 
rural is countryside. Yeah, it's funny, you know, just just on that note, we have so much forest and and so much oak, or as they call it here, shen. And, um, you know, I always wondered, how do they make all of the casks for wine and spirits pretty much in the world? And there's your answer right there. Yes, and and another reason that people come to France, food and wine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that covers that. So... There is a, a, a new um, organization called European Travel Information and Authorization System. Okay. Short is ITIAS. It was supposed to come into into place in 2023, but now it's going to be operational as of 2024. It affects the UK, USA, Canada, uh, and Australia, New Zealand. For those travelers that are coming from there into the Schengen area. Ah. Now, you, you know the Schengen, Schengen area. Yep. France is part of it. There are 23 countries that are mm-hmm. part of the Schengen area. So you will have to, once it kicks in, you will have to go online and register to get a seven euro visa to come to France. Oh. Um, and you'll have to enter your information into the database. And what it does is it, it allows them to, to check the data that you're inputting into their system to make sure that you're not a criminal, make sure that you're not an undesirable coming to the country. So that's that's kicking in in 2024, which will affect uh, tourism and the process of tourism. I wonder if that's kicking in in 24 for the Olympics. Oh, well, it was supposed to be. 2023, I think this was kind of put into motion in 2016. It's just taking taking time because don't forget, it's not just France. It's all the other countries that have to get their act together as well. I see. In order to make this happen. But currently, the the countries I just named, France will require as of 2024 for them to fill out the $7 euro visa, which will be valid for three years. And that's even if you're coming to vacation for less than 90 days. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, I, it's, anything like that is, a, I think, a good idea. I can't see how it would be a bad idea. Well, it it, it might speed up the whole process of, of going through the border. Right. Right? Um, which tourism brings me to the French phrase of the day. Okay, let me have it. I am, I'm excited. I'm amped. I'm stoked. Uh, I'm all fired up about my big uh, victory last week on the uh, French phrase of the day. I believe it was last week. No, actually, I think it was two weeks ago, but you did get it word for word. That's right. That was the first one I, I got word for word. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think you have a good chance of getting this one, too. Okay. You ready? Okay. Well, ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Heureux, le touriste qui a tout vu avant l'arrivée des touristes. You know, the other thing, remember we were talking on one of our walks, it might be helpful if I saw it. It's okay. Oh. We won't do it this time. We won't it's do in, it this in time. my handwriting, though. Yeah, no, no, no. We won't do it this time. <laughs> it's not going to help. <laughs> um, uh, so, is it uh, happy tourists? Heureux. Yeah, is that like... Le touriste. So, is that... Yep. Happy tourist? Yes, a happy tourist. A happy tourist. Yeah, go on. Qui a tout vu. Re, re, uh, vu. Look, view, mm-hmm. see. Uh, see. Th- that. Yeah. Yes. Qui a tout vu. So, see everything? Yes. Okay. In the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. A vu. Passé, composé. Avant. Yeah, before. L'arrivée. Before they arrive. Des touristes. Oh, before, okay, before uh, the tourists arrive. That's right. 
So happy is the tourist that has seen everything before the arrival of the tourists. <laughs> which is true. Okay. Which means in France, better to travel in June and September. I'm going to throw this month at you, May. May is outstanding in Europe. The best holiday I think we've ever been on was May in Spain. Yes. 30 degrees every Weather day. Weather was gorgeous, not a drop of rain. No tourists. And and typically May is is like Canada's mid-June to July weather-wise. It's just stunning, just fantastic. So yeah, May, June, September, October, those are fantastic months to travel. Just out of curiosity, where do you think Canadians travel the most? Which country? Well, the U.S. Absolutely. By a mile. Yeah. Okay. Number two? Is it France? Uh, no. Oh, n- number two? Oh, would it be like, would it be Jamaica or something stupid like that? Well, it's a, it's a warm destination. Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Number three? Number three. England? Yes. The <laughs> U.K. Okay. And in number four? France. La France. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I have a bunch of friends and my brother heading uh, to uh, Mexico this year. And uh, so there you go. Yeah, we've been there a number of times. Yeah. yeah it's pretty interesting. It is. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, some areas are a little unsavory, but... Uh... Well, you know what? And here's what I was talking to my brother about. You know, there are two different kind of holidays. There's the adventure holiday, like we used to come, when we'd come to Europe and we were just walking and looking and gawking and taking pictures and seeing things. And then there's that holiday that every Canadian needs right about now, which is, <laughs> I need to sit in the sun by a pool with somebody bringing me pina coladas <laughs> and I am not moving. Yeah, you need to get your, your dose of uh, vitamin D3. Yeah, you need to recharge, literally recharge <laughs> yeah. the batteries. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I totally I totally understand the all-inclusive uh, vacation. It's just completely different from the adventure kind where you're going and seeing things. That depends what you're in the mood for. Yeah. Hey, listen, we lost a Canadian icon this past week with the passing yes. of Gordon Pinsent. Uh, I don't think you get much of an argument when, if you were to say that Gordon was the greatest actor Canada has produced. Oh, I think he's, if not the top, one mm-hmm. of the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, but an incredible, an incredibly kind man. Yeah, his his resume stretches around the block, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, notably, uh, his work on uh, a movie called The Rowdyman. It may not be familiar to you, but uh, Gordon wrote it. Really? And starred in it. And what year would that have been in? 1972. And it's just, and of course it's set in his home. It's uh, set in Newfoundland. And his huh. accent in it is just, I mean, it's <laughs> its fantastic. It's really well worth uh, checking that out. And uh, he was also in one of my favorite movies, directed by another Canadian, Norman Jewison, uh, The Thomas Crown Affair with Steve oh, McQueen right. and Faye Dunaway. He was right. in that great performance. Huh. Um, and, uh, most recently Gordon's portrayal, we saw this, uh, uh, he was a husband who was losing his wife to dementia in, uh, away from her from 2006. Yeah. That was a gutting movie. It was. And direct, and Sarah Pauly, another Canadian, Canadian that was her first, uh, movie. And she, she got an Oscar nomination for that. Julie Christie got an Oscar nomination for that. I just thought that Gordon carried that movie and should have received an Oscar yeah. nomination. It was just it was incredible. so balanced. It because it, it, it would be easy to 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 go in one direction, mm-hmm. but he kept it very fair. Yeah, 
It was amazing. And uh, so you should check that movie out, but have a box of tissues <laughs> yes. next to the TV. Yeah. yeah, Gordon could pretty much do uh, anything. You know, he had an amazing uh, variety of reads for radio spots. Not all film and television actors mm-hmm. can transition into retail voice work or, or animation, mm-hmm. but Gordon was, was just one of the best. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> uh, for me, it was his work on Red Green because I got to witness that firsthand. Uh, Gordon played. <laughs> <laughs> he played a great character. Hap Shaughnessy, uh, <laughs> who wasn't as much of a liar, but as my friend Angie Hill used to say, a bit of a stranger to the truth. <laughs> I don't know a person who could have uh, pulled Hap stories out on screen as believably <laughs> yeah. as uh, Gordon. Uh, he was just a joy to work with, a delight to watch, and as you mentioned, just a beautiful person to be around, and he will be greatly missed. Yes. We send our deepest condolences to his daughter and friend Leah, Leah yes. Pinsent. yep. And uh, her husband, Peter Callahan, and the entire Pinson family. Gordon was 92 years old. And we, had, we, we hosted um, a very interesting day. It was a, a red-green day out at our house after the passing of Wayne Robson. Yes. And we just wanted to get everybody together. The show had ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in 2011. The show ended in 2005. And we just wanted to get everybody together and toast mm-hmm. and toast Wayne. You know, it was just that simple. And Graham Green was there and Peter Callahan, who played R- Ranger Gord. And uh, Jerry Schaefer was there and, you know, Bob Bainborough. Uh, yeah. Leah and, and Gordon showed up as well. And it was just a wonderful, day. It was a great day, day. Great weather. Good fun. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So uh, here's to you, Gordon. On next week's show, we are hoping to be able to report on a visit to an alpaca farm. Friends of ours uh, packed up their belongings from Northern Europe to relocate nearby, and we've been dying to see their menagerie. That's great. Uh, This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Thanks for listening. Au revoir.